Hello everyone, welcome to Adoption Adventures. This episode is going to be slightly, slightly different. The Adoption Adventures family are away at present, so I've convinced the boys that every now and then I'm going to click record and we're just going to chat about a couple of different <coughs> random things. At present, we are in cable cars going across Madrid. He's trapped us in a cable car to force us to do this. Exactly. I also have major anxiety about cable cars, so I figured if I started recording it would take my mind off of what was going to happen. The glass coffin in the sky is how I refer to cable cars. So, would you like to go around and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dad. I'm... Little Dude. Little dude. <laughs> um, so, not going to chat for ages and ages and ages, guys. Um, like I say, this episode, we're going to break it down into chapters. Um, I have been contacted by a listener who has said that because of the podcast, they are now considering adopting an older child, and they've been Good. matched. Good. <laughs> they've been matched to a child who I believe, if memory serves me correct from their messages, is around five years old. This listener wanted to know if there were any tips, advice or guidance that we had for them when it comes to thinking of actually having an older child move in with you. What can you do to prepare? So, Dad, what do you um, think? So, what can you do to prepare for an older child? Um, I suppose it's just working really closely with the, um, the foster family, the social workers, to really understand like what that child's into yep. and really try and... Like sort of market yourself, I suppose, like make yourself as repeatable as possible to that child. So yeah. trying to, you know, pick up on certain key bits and yeah. I mean, little dude, for example, was really into Ben Ten yeah. when he moved in. So yeah. you and I, we made sure that we had watched a lot of Ben Ten. We knew what the characters were. We then made sure that there was like toys and yeah stuff that was Ben Ten related. Little dude, did you find that that helped you when you moved in? Did did any yeah, of that um, stick out in your head? It didn't really stick out. It was just like you know, I liked Ben Ten, and there was a lot of Ben Ten around, so it was fun. But it like it doesn't stick out as such. Mm, okay. Um, get some Lego. That's what you should do. <laughs> well, I suppose the point of it is to try and make it as natural as possible, and somewhere where you're going to be comfortable and go, oh yeah, you know, my, my new family are into what I'm into, maybe, yeah. maybe thought about me a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, little dude, do you think that there's anything else that um, sort of adopters, new parents could do to sort of get ready for an older child moving in with them? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Like, because obviously where I was one being adopted, I don't know yeah. what you guys did before I was there. I just know that you got me some toys that I liked and some characters and stuff, so made well, the, it comfortable. I know that this is a question that you're asked quite a few times when we go to preparation training, but were there any things that we did that helped you to feel at home, relaxed and more uh, settled quicker? I mean, he didn't like treat me any differently. He didn't like, you know, walk on eggshells or, or like, you know, treat me like an adopted person. Like, he just treated me like a kid and that was, I think for us, like one of the things we wanted to do straight away was instill very clear boundaries and make sure that they were consistent and we set the standards that were right for our family. Yeah, I think that sort of thing is very important actually because 
as much as young people really struggle with boundaries, actually, it's something that makes them feel very, very safe very, very quickly. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. Sort of. But it's, it's the consistency. There's no point having yeah. having boundaries and rules in place if, if they're not consistently applied and, and kind of rewarded and recognised when you when you do well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Well, hopefully that's um that's given some food for thought. Um. I'm always more than happy. I'll, I can delve into this in a lot more detail in, a, in an independent episode where I'll talk about a whole host of things that we did to get ready and prepare. I think my my biggest piece of advice would be get excited. You know, hmm. this this young person, they have an awareness of adoption, they have an awareness of family, and they are really excited about that. So join that excitement, get excited, and and celebrate it. Celebrate the term adoption, celebrate the term family, and really, really sort of embrace that and get excited about what that means for you and for the child, because I think that they will, um, they'll sort of play off of those emotions and play off of those feelings. Um, awesome. So that is what we're going to leave you with on this chapter of this part of the episode. Um, It'll go silent for a moment, <laughs> uh, and then you'll hear us talking again on our next expedition. Okay, we are back. We're on the return journey in the glass coffins. Um, this is some follow-up questions that I didn't see that we had. So, um, firstly, did you have any bump into's? Now, I said that we didn't do a chemistry visit, a bump into with Little Dude, but during introductions, Little Dude did bump into Nana and Grandad. Um, the reason that we did that is because it was coming up to Little Dude's birthday and we wanted to just ease him into seeing the family. Um, how were we introduced? Little dude, do you remember how we were introduced to you? Um, so, I was told that you'd potentially be adopting me and you are uh, coming around so I could meet you. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was quite simple. Did you have an understanding of adoption? Yes. Okay. And did you understand what was going on with those sort of two week introductions and then moving in? Yeah, I figured, you know, okay, so these are probably the ones that are going to pick me. Um, I'm probably going to end up staying with these guys fairly soon. So. And it was a two week plan, wasn't it? And they'd written it down for you. And yeah, I had like a little calendar with some pen stickers on it. Yeah. So I imagine like your social worker had sat with you and done that and probably asked your opinion on it, maybe. I don't know about the opinion part, but. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and. What, what did you think about it, or did you have an opinion about sort of how quickly it was moving, all of those things? Not really, to be honest, like, I was a very fast-moving, energetic young boy. Yeah. So, you know, when I got adopted, like, it was very fast-moving, but so was I, so it just made sense to me. Cool. You know, like, I was a very fast individual. Sounds cool. Um... They've also been asked, and Dan, I'm going to be posing these to you, um, also been asked about what kind of support we think they will need. They said it feels quite a tricky question because other than the obvious of reaching out to our support networks and stuff, 
we've never done this so how will we know until we get there so perhaps because we've been there um, what sort of support do you think adopters need to put in place when they are adopting an older child um, oh, I don't know it's a tricky one yeah yeah I mean for, for us we really wanted to, to help a little dude on his um, social skills so we looked to try and get him into like cubs and scouts yeah pretty early I, I think as well like what what they've said here about having that support network I think you know you and I made sure that we had that firmly in place to help yeah. us and I think it you know it changes as well you have lots of people that say yeah they'll be there but as soon as you have a child actually they become less less available to you almost yeah this support network just changes and evolves over time absolutely I think as well the sort of things that I would look at doing to get prepared would be asking for or find out more information about the child in general um, and finding out what sort of things that they like and seeing how you can put that into place so are they a child that really likes going outdoors and sort of seeing outdoor activities if they are make sure that you've got a plan to go and visit some of these places if they're into arts and crafts are there any art clubs that they could be a part of or things like that so try to tailor it to the child um, and their needs and their interests so as they instantly or as quickly as possible feel they are connected to the family and connected to this new life um, so what are they doing at the moment that they enjoy is there a way for you to mimic that and put that into your family and your life? Um, any other sort of thoughts or comments or anything on on that before I close this off, guys? Not really. Not for me. Awesome. So that was uh, that was your second segment. There will once again be a slight silence and a pause. Do not adjust your listening devices. It is just waiting for chapter three. Okay, this is segment number three, or chapter number three, depending on how you want to hear it. Um, next round of questions in for the boys. Um, question number one from Elliot is, who's the best cook? Me. Richard. Mm, okay, yeah. he's the best cook, but I'm the best baker. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, I, granted, you've never baked anything in your life but I'm I'm a dreadful baker so anyone could be better than me that's absolutely fine and dad just kind of sits there and eats it <laughs> uh, next one again from Elliot um, we've just been approved at panel woohoo uh, any tips for family finding please yeah don't be too picky <laughs> just because they're strange doesn't mean they're not nice Nice, okay, alright. I was very strange as a so, seven-year-old. So don't be too picky and don't be worried if if they look a bit weird. They don't look, like, just are a bit weird. Ah. They look, and I've always been beautiful. <laughs> well, there you go, Elliot. Uh, hopefully that's the kind of question you was, uh, the kind of answer you were looking for. Yeah, don't be picky, though. Like, get, take what you can, as long as they're within take what some basic can. parameters, like age and stuff. <laughs> no, because there's so many kids waiting for homes. Don't turn them down just because they're not your ideal. If you do, I'll be very disappointed. So I guess flexibility and openness. 
Yeah. yeah. All right. That's probably uh, a better way to word it than I'll hunt you down if you don't do it. <laughs> Final question is from Gavin. Um, seeing as you're on holiday, what was your very first experience going on holiday together like? Amazing. Um, they took me to this lovely little village in Spain. When I say village, it was like a big town. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool. It was my first time out of the country, so I didn't have a passport. And, you know, a lot of these kids, especially if you're a lot older, they won't have probably have been out of the country, mm-hmm. so they can't get the passport and such. So it was very, it was strange. Like, and the plane ride was terrifying at first until he said it's like a roller coaster. Yeah. And then I was a bit more, okay. Um, but it was a really like nice experience. It was, you know, it was my first family holiday because, like, especially where I was in foster care for so long, each year they'd go on a nice family holiday, and I'd be left behind. And it was, so it was kind of nice to actually be included in that. Okay, nice. Um, Dad, anything else that you'd like to add about your first experience of little dude and I and um, our no. first holiday together? No, it was just uh, obviously a really nice time. Great memories. Nice, nice. Uh, okay, so that is the end of segment number three. Um, it will go silent before we record any further segments. Hello, everyone. Welcome to chapter four. Um, now, this chapter is just going to be me. I've just, uh, just finished a run, and I've ended up in... A really awesome market so there's lots of background noise for that I apologize but I wanted you to get the ambience of this trip <laughs> um, the reason I'm doing this uh, chapter on my own is because I just wanted to sort of talk about the holiday that we've just had um, it's we've, we've been away a number of times now um, we've done like weekends away um, holidays abroad and everything like that. So we've, we've had quite an experience. Um, and I was reflecting yesterday about how those experiences have changed over the years. Um, and the sort of pressures have released a little. Um, or actually, released a little. Um, when we first came away, the first actual trip we took was... Um, it was a weekend away in Centre Parks with some friends. Um, social services advised against it, said it was far too early on in the placement. Uh, they really wasn't comfortable with us doing that. But we said, you know what, we're going to give it a go. If it doesn't work, we can just jump in the car and, and go. It's not a problem. Um, so we did that. Um, and actually, little dude fantastically he, he really he was great um, so we felt quite confident that it was the right decision it was okay um, but then we started doing actual holidays little dude explained the first holiday was, um, was when we went to Salu um, and that was really good fun really good fun watching him have all of those different experiences and see those things for the first time um, and sort of go through that with him. What we identified, however, was it was it was hard work. And what I mean by that is you have to constantly be on. You have to constantly be thinking, watching, and like when you're parenting at home, if 
if our kids go to their room or into the next room, you can relax a little bit and go, do you know what, everything's okay. Unless it goes quiet for too long, then something has gone drastically wrong. Um, but most of the time it's, you know, it's, there are opportunities for you to relax. What we saw when we went away for the first time was actually there wasn't any of that because you're in a different place, you're not surrounded by your support network, um, it's, it's very much a case of, you know, you've got to be always switched off. In addition to that, you have got to be your children's source of entertainment 100% of the time, which is, is fine, but it's also, you kind of find yourself going, right, okay, it's, it's time to sort of tag team this in so as we can actually get some time relaxing. Um, I remember sort of talking to dad and saying, hey, it's, it's all well and good that we want to sunbathe and chill out and relax, but actually, that's, that's not something that we can both do at the same time. Um, so I guess it was just a... Um, he loves his t-shirts, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we just had to sort of go through that little um, trial of changing things and saying, okay, right, we can do it like this. So it, was, it was an interesting um, experience. Um, then over the years, we started taking uh, little dudes, foster brothers away with us. And that, that added a, a brand new sort of twist on things um, because there were now three young people to entertain. <laughs> and the new twist because there was entertainment for one another as well. There was those extra eyes, um, extra voices. And you could just take your foot off the pedal. A little dude had people similar age to him that could just match him on his energy levels. Because whilst we weren't old, a young person has the ability to make people ancient very, very quickly with all of their energy. Um, so then having his brothers around with us was absolutely awesome because it just changed that dynamic all over again. Um, and we built some fantastic memories. Um, they are, <laughs> we went to Tenerife with, with all the boys. Um, and I've, I've been on some pretty magical holidays in my life. But without a shadow of a doubt, that, that will always be my favorite. Um, it, it was it was a time when we just had all of our family together. It was happiness. It was just good fun. We were doing all kinds of different experiences. It was brilliant. Um, now, this holiday, this has been an interesting one because it's been a completely different experience. Okay, little dude just turned 17. That's right, listeners, little dude is 17. People keep saying I've got to change his name, but I, I kind of feel like it's our brand now. I don't feel like I can, uh, <laughs> I don't feel like I can change it. 
Um, I was, I was actually, I was in a training recently where I was referring to little dude by his actual name and someone who was a listener said how, how difficult they found that because I was like, no, 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 that, that's not his name. Definitely little dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, we, he's now 17. He is now, for all intents and purposes, he's pretty much an adult now. Um, so we've had a very different break. This is also being a city break instead of a uh, relaxing holiday. And that's a new experience for him as well. You know, we've said that we wanted to go around and see some sights. And he sort of admitted that that was not for him. He wasn't looking forward to that at all. Um, that wasn't the type of holiday that he looked forward to. And he said over the course of the last few days that, you know, he hasn't found that aspect to be too enjoyable. This is not a surprise. This is not a shock. Um, we knew that that would be the case. But we were coming out here for um, the Mad Call Festival, which is a music festival um, with Imagine Dragons and Killers um, headlining. Now, I don't know if I've mentioned that in chapters one, two or three. So if I have, my deepest apologies. <laughs> um, but we've, we've come here for the purpose of taking Little Blue to a music festival. And when we took him, <laughs> he lived his best life. He was having an absolute blast. He had a few drinks and then he found the, the disco floor and he was away. Um, and he absolutely loved it. Um, the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, um, Dan Reynolds, he is awesome. Not just as a singer, but as a general performer. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but little dude um, was desperate to be seen by him. So every time that he'd turn around, little dude would be shouting and waving. Um, at one point, Dad and I uh, linked arms so this little dude could sit on it. And we then hoisted him up to see if we could get him noticed. It didn't work. But, but it was, we had a wonderful time, and it was since that moment, little dude has been saying that he wants to find the next festival, he wants to go to loads of different events, and he's really looking forward to that. I think that is really awesome. Um, on the first night we were here, um, little dude was having a drink with us, and that was really fun. Um, because we were seeing this brand new side to him. He was an adult. He was talking about his adult life. And he, he was enjoying drinking with his dads. And that was, again, that was a completely different experience, a completely different world. Um, and <laughs> parents out there, whenever you want to find out some things about your children, let them have a drink, and then all of a sudden they get a little bit talkative. <laughs> um, but, but he was great, he was great at just 
just having a good time and wanting more of that. Then, we had no idea when we booked this trip, um, but we noticed when we were on the plane coming out here, we noticed a lot of rainbow flags and pride flags. I was like, what is going on? Like, we know that it's around pride season, what's happening? Um, so as soon as we got internet connection, we checked it out. Turns out that we were flying in to Madrid for Pride Week. And apparently the Pride Parade in Madrid is the largest Pride Parade in Europe. We had no ideas. Bad, bad. Um, so, so last night we went along to Madrid Pride. Little dude and I and Dad had gone to the London Pride once. Um, that was that was years ago. Um, other than that, we've not really done anything. We've done a couple of local prides, but nothing else. Um, so this was something very, very different, um, very, very unique, and. Little dude got to enjoy it from start to finish. It was hours long, absolute hours long, this parade. It was incredible. Um, but again, it was a brand new experience for him. And it was a brand new experience for us watching him enjoy that. Uh, and that was, that was really, really cool. So, yeah, I just wanted to sort of express how holidays can change so drastically, how you have this image and idea of what a holiday will look like. And I think, you know, when social workers, they talk about holidays, they say it can be really, really difficult. I know that I've talked about that in the past. And it's absolutely right. Of course, there can be challenges. But for the most part, there's just some wonderful opportunities for you to build some great memories over the past couple of days we've we've made memories that are just fantastic and they're they're going to be stored now in my memories forever um so yes you have to be delicate yes you have to be careful yes you have to think about things and yes all the children are different but holidays can be great and um, they have been for us, but our family have done very well with them. So, yeah, I wanted to to share that with you. Um, so this, this is this segment. Um, we only have one more listener question, and that is how not to um, how not to get too attached to. Follow your heart when you see a potential match. Um, it's a great question. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing Dad's response to that. I can't imagine Little Dude would have much to say, but he's usually got an opinion on things, so let's see. Um, so, short silence, and then you'll join us for our final chapter. Hello, and welcome to the final segment of this episode. Um, I know I promised for this segment I would have Little Dude and Dad, but it turns out after you get off of a plane, 
you just can't lock those people down. They really, really, really have so much to do. It's ridiculous. Um, I did, I did suggest that little dude don't bother going to college because you know there was an episode to record, but apparently my priorities were not in the right place. Um, so at the end of the last segment, I said that we'd had a final question, which was about if you find a profile, how do you sort of manage your emotions, manage to make sure that you're sort of not running away with yourself? Really good question. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a nightmare person to ask this question to because I will always always allow my heart to run away with me um when when we first saw little dude's video i kind of knew within a couple of seconds that there was a connection there and i wanted to explore it um i i live very much heart on the sleeve emotions all over the place um I will always jump two feet in without checking the temperature, checking to see if I can swim, any of that important stuff. Um, when little dude's family finding social worker came out to talk to us and talk us through his experiences and sort of his needs, I, I think I've said before, her opening gambit was to lay a couple of photos out of little dude. Um, I kind of... I didn't switch off, but I'd say I maybe heard 70% of what she said because I was besotted and I let my heart run away with me. Um, Dad, he was, he was my saving grace um, because he was thinking logically. He was being sensible and logical he was listening to every word that the social worker was saying and he was listening to all of the needs that little dude had and seeing what we could and couldn't do um i needed that i really really needed that um i think when it comes to this sort of thing um if you if you know about yourself that you are someone that allows that emotion to overrun and take take the better of you particularly if you're a um, solo adopter if you're a solo adopter and you know that you're someone who thinks with your heart first you need to enlist the support of someone who is a logical clear thinking person who can take as much emotion out of the question as possible to make sure that they are asking and posing difficult questions to you so as you can at least make sure you're thinking about this sort of thing if you're in a relationship, I I would hazard a guess that it tends to only be one person in that relationship that is the more sort of emotional thinker, um, and the other one tends to be more of a logical thinker. That's not always how it works. I just see it more often than not. Um, what I would say, even if you are both emotional thinkers, again, you need to do the same thing. You need to be... Um, realistic and you need to challenge yourselves so you, even if you have to enlist the support of somebody to say hey I'm I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be feeling some things and I could really I could really use your help in 
in making sure that I'm managing my emotions here. Um, make sure that you're challenging yourself, asking questions. Can we cope with these needs? If you immediately say, of course we can, yes, it'll be easy, it means that you've not thought about it. I know that that's how I responded, and I wasn't thinking about it. Um, you know, Dad said, you know, how are we going to manage little dude's food issues? And my instant response was, it'll be fine, we'll manage it somehow. I wasn't giving any detail, I wasn't giving any thought, I wasn't, I wasn't actually hearing the question. Instead, I was just trying to overcome an obstacle so as he would be on board. That was a really dangerous way of thinking. I needed to just stop, take a breath and realise that it was just as important to think about whether we could manage little dude's needs instead of thinking that little dude was just perfect for our family so it didn't matter. That being said, I'm going to now advocate for the emotional thinking as well. I think it's also needed. If you are the type of person that is a logical thinker, and if you're a solo adopter and you're a logical thinker, what you need is you need a cheerleader in your corner as well. You need someone to scream from the rooftops about how exciting this is and how wonderful you are and how actually, yes, you can do this. You need that balance. You need someone who is asking the right questions, but you also need somebody who is prepared to literally cheer you on and believe in you. Because if you are constantly just thinking of the logical response, all that will happen is you will constantly look at what the blockades are, what the obstacles are, what the struggles are, and you'll convince yourself of all of the things that you can't do. Really important that you think about that, but essential that that's not all you think about. Um, you know, you wouldn't be in this position. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have got through this much of the process if there wasn't someone in your corner, i.e. the social worker. So if you're having a consideration of a match, it tends to be because other people think that it works. Get on board, get excited. So I would say my... Overall advice is get get excited, allow yourself to be excited because it's very easy to not sort of allow that. But make sure you're being logical as well. Don't go out and buy all of the toys and every, every present for the child. <laughs> but do allow yourself to believe that it's going to happen. That would be my overarching viewpoint. Hope that helps. Um, hope you've enjoyed this episode. And I look forward to speaking to you next week.